Thanks for joining Cornerstone for our message of the week. We hope you'll be inspired and encouraged. To connect with our church family and to watch our services live, download our app today by texting Sparks Will Fly as one word, app to 77977. That's Sparks Will Fly app to 77977, or by visiting us online at sparkswillfly.cc. Before I read the word, I want to share a dream. You've heard me share this dream in here before. But I'm trying to learn. Last night I had two dreams. And man, I don't know, but I dream every night. I mean, I wake myself up dreaming and then go inside. I'm just a dreamer. And um, and so I got up and told Catherine uh, what I dreamed last night. And I don't know what in the world, you know, uh, but I'm, I, am, I am asking the Lord to help me. And um, it is a subject that I've studied a great deal to try to learn because, I mean, if God's speaking through us through dreams, I mean, I want to know what he's saying. I want to try to learn the revelation in that that he's sharing. And this would have been probably three to four months ago. I can't remember. I had to pull it up in my email um, where I usually write a lot of those things down. But um, I dreamed I was handed a bow. How many remember me sharing that? And I thought about that dream a lot, and I was privileged uh, to talk to uh, Miss Kelly Driggers, who is, she traveled with John Paul for five or six years. She's very, very gifted in dream interpretation. How many knows you can't be uh, that close proximity to John Paul and not know how to interpret a dream? If you've ever followed his ministry, he's phenomenal writings and stuff that he did on dreams, the 20 most common dreams. He's just got a great deal. He used to have, um, used to go to his website and he had like these cards that you could get, tell you the colors and some of the symbols and things like that. And so um, after having a phone conversation with her, I was uh, sharing her about the dream that I most recently shared in here. And um, and so I just began to take her down the past few months of what my dream life has been like and what the things that the Lord has showed me in my dreams. And so you remember I was handed a bow in the dream. And in this dream that I knew that it was, it was an unknown company. It was not Matthews. It was not Botech. It was... It was an unknown company, but I knew um, uh, that this bow was very nice. And if you buy a a nice name brand like Hoyt or Matthews, you're going to spend $1,000 for the naked bow. And I knew this bow was $999, which about all of them are, except I think Grant said some of them went up to 1099 this year. You know, COVID caused the bows to increase or whatever. And so in this dream, I knew that this, this bow was, uh, was an extremely nice bow, but it was not a very known, it was not a known company. And in this dream, um, there was a bag where the quiver would be. It was a nice leather bag, and it had, um, I knew that the bag was produced by John Deere. I knew that the bag was made by John Deere attached to the bow. And I lifted up the top of the bag and on the top of the bag and looked inside where it should be the quiver, but it was a bag and there was a hat. It was like a field hat, if you will. It had fur on the inside or you know what I'm saying? It was thick uh, on the inside and it had flaps that come down over the ear and I put the hat back in the bag. And as I put the hat back in the bag, I noticed on the top of the bag where the flap comes over was a map 
It was a map of the state of Georgia, and it had three counties highlighted with an asterisk on there with an American flag beside the three counties. And I'm thinking, Lord, what in the world? I just knew that I woke up and I said, this dream is from the Lord. A lot of times when you dream, you'll just dream, but you'll know when you dream from the Lord because your dreams will be, and they'll be impressed upon you. Even when you wake up out of your sleep, you'll say, I mean, you'll remember that dream. I mean, it just like it won't leave off of you. And I mean, that's the Lord in that Psalm 16, sealing, sealing up the instruction in the night season. And so when I had her on the phone and I had a conversation with her, and um, she was... Um, uh, she was sharing with me, she said, if you think about the, the story of, if you've ever read Dreaming with God um, by Bill Johnson, he shares a story of a young evangelist in there by the name of Matthew McPherson. He was traveling with his family, preaching the gospel, playing music, and he just told the Lord, he said, God, I don't know that I can raise my family and live off of just, just doing this for a living. And uh He's, and so he was really, really praying and asking the Lord to help him financially. He was an avid hunter. He loved the outdoors. And he has a dream one night. And in the dream, he sees this sheet, if you will, come down as it's like a sheet appeared. Like in Acts 10 at Cornelius' house where Peter's praying on the roof and a sheet comes down. And the sheet come down and he saw a compound bow and he saw the compound bow, bow drawn back. And he saw the, the cams on the bow and he saw a bunch of mathematics equations on this. And he began to take this this dream and he began to pin it out the way he saw it and began to take this to engineers and at the time that he had this dream there was there was never a bow that could, bows had to be off work um, in um, to be synchronized with two cams one at the top and one at the bottom well Matthew McPherson invented what he called Matthew's solo cam and he had the slogan catch us if you can it was a one cam bow that could actually shoot in the upper uh, 290 something feet per second now bows are well over 300 feet per second which is extremely fast I mean if you shoot a deer at 20 yards time you touch it it's done gone through the deer I'll give Grant a shout out he smoked one last night with his bow you know some, or yesterday evening hey, he can't say last night can you but uh, anyhow so, so in that she began to share that story with me just stay with me I'm going somewhere I'm, I promise you I believe it's going to get real real rich in here in just a minute and so she began to share with me. She said, you think about this, John Deere. John Deere is famous for inventing the steel plow where he was in the, in, in the region where he was at. The, the iron and the, the plows that they were plowing with would crack and break. And so he invented this plow. And he's actually known for, the, for, for the inventing the plow that broke the plane. So all of these were inventions that I was seeing in my dream. And then I go back and I look and that, that a map, anytime you dream of a map, it means strategy and plans. God's releasing strategy and plans. And so... I, I picked this book up over the holidays and I began to read this book and there was this one verse of scripture in there that I just could not get over and it was it was this scripture out of James 1. So this morning I came here ready to preach on the gifts of God, how to identify the gift in your life, which is really coming off of another dream 
that I had, you know, and, and I mean, I want, I listened to Lou Engel a good bit over the holidays going with where he's at and uh, just a call in that he had with Steve Schultz and just hear the dreams that they're having, man, and the insight that's God releasing in that. So, I mean, I bless you with dreams in the name of the Lord. If you're not a dreamer, I'm telling you, man, it's amazing how God speaks to us in that. So let's go to James chapter 1. I, I want to read this out of the Passion Translation. It's going to read a little bit different than the King James and the New King James. But I just want to actually just feel like release, release this to you that I feel like God is going to release divine strategy in the month of December. Now, how many would say that 2020 we know has been a dark year? This is, I mean, this year was prophesied to be a year of vision, but it seems like, I don't know about you, but the whole year of 2020, it seems like we've been walking with the lamp and not been able to really run into the light. You with me? Uh, am I the only one? It just seems like you can just see right around you, and you really, you're scratching your heads because you're like thinking, you know, God, what is 2021? I mean, we're just ready for this year to get over, you know, what it, what it what's going on. And so this morning, I just could not shake this, and so I believe that the Lord is going to release divine strategy. I said divine strategy in the month of December. In the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 8 says this, that there were angels that appeared to the shepherds that was keeping guard over the flock of God by night, which is the Christmas season. I felt like the Lord told me, and I prophesied this to you, and you receive it by faith with strength, that the angel of the Lord is going to visit us in the month of December to release divine strategy to the shepherds that those who are guarding the flock in the night season. We've been in a difficult night season for an extended period of time, but I'm telling you great light is going to come in the month of December. We will not be sitting here December the 31st wondering what we're going to be doing in 2021. God is going to begin to release and highlight vision. I'm telling you, he's going to breathe on vision again. He's going to breathe on dreams again, and God's going to release divine strategies, things that have been dormant. God says even for the last five to ten years, God says, I'm going to begin to breathe on those things. We're going to see bone come to bone, flesh come to flesh, and we're going to see the things which we believed for for many decades. God's going to begin to awaken, and we're going to see those things. I believe that with all my heart. So let's look at this in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 5. If anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom. The New King James is going to render this verse, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Look at this. If anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom, and he will give it. He won't see, look at this, he won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures. Ain't that great? Come on, church, you with me? Look at this. This is, I'm just telling you, this is life in the Word right here. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with, a, with his generous grace. Man, that is a good word right there. I'm going to read that again for myself. If anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom, and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Man, that is a good word right there, y'all. Listen to me things that we thought were going to happen but didn't happen, I'm telling you, he's going to overwhelm them in this season, in the month of December, with his generous grace. 
Now, I'm telling you, intercessors, those that are going to meet me in the morning at 10 o'clock, we got to begin to pray this into place. God says, I'm telling you, that's what he was saying in the dream. I'm sorry I'm a few months behind, but we're getting it anyhow. God's always faithful to bring it back. You with me? Divine strategy. So if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He's not going to see our fail. Uh, he's not going to see our lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold us, but he's going to cover our failures with his generous grace. Look at this. He makes one requirement. He makes one requirement. James makes one requirement to the asking for the wisdom. Look what he says. Just make sure you ask empowered with confident faith. The only requirement to getting what I'm talking about is to what? Receive it and believe it by faith. Church, if there's ever been a time that we're battling unbelief, it is in this season. The church in America is swallowed up in unbelief. It is time that we come out of this place and realize who we are and whose we are. What, what, what Larry was prophesying, all things are possible to them that believe. He said all things are possible to them that believe. He did say some things. He said all things are possible to them that believe. The only thing that limits God is you and I. Come on, church. The only thing. The only thing that's limiting healing in this room is unbelief. The only thing that is limiting unsupernatural provision in this room is unbelief. He said if any man lacks, let him ask of God. And the only requirement of the asking is that he ask in faith. And there's... Which I was praying again about my dream about the, about the, the big, round, thick thighs. <laughs> the strong, muscular thighs. It also represents faith. That's the faith that's going to come on the church in the days ahead. Come on, y'all. Y'all still full of turkey. Turkey makes you lethargic, which is another thing that's killed the American church. China's not holding a pep rally to see the miracles. They're not standing up in Kenya with a worship team trying to beg God to do something for miracles. Come on, church. Confident faith without doubting that you will receive. For the unbelieving person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like rough seas and driven and tossed by the wind. This is where we've been at. God, we're not sure. We're not sure where we're at. God is about to bring a surety to some things in our life. I'm just trying to help us this morning. I'm receiving this. You, you're up one minute and tossed down the next. How many's ever been like that? When you are half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? So where are we at? If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. God's going to freely give him wisdom. But the only requirement is what? To ask by faith. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 4. I just want to read. I'm just reading some Bible here. Mm, yeah, yes, O oh Lord. Proverbs chapter 4. I'm going to stick right here in the Passion Translation. Let's look at verse 7. Wisdom. Wisdom is divine strategies being released. Look at this. Wisdom is the most valuable commodity. So buy it. The King James renders that wisdom is the principal thing. We don't have a financial problem. We got a wisdom problem. 
Look at this, church. Wisdom is the most valuable commodity, so buy it. Revelation knowledge is what you need, so invest in it. How many need some revelation knowledge up in this house? Wisdom will exalt you when you exalt her truth. She will lead you to honor and favor when you live by her, her insights. You will, adorn, you will be adorned with beauty and grace. And wisdom's glory will wrap itself around you, making you victorious in the, in the race. Let's look at this again. Wisdom is the most valuable commodity, so buy it. Revelation knowledge is what you need, so invest in it. That's why you can't leave the Bible sitting on the shelf, friend. Come on, somebody. My people are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. I can't tell you how valuable the Word of God is to your life. Come on, church. You, nobody goes three days and forgets to eat, but we'll go three days without reading the Word. You've got to invest your time in the Word. Wisdom will exalt you when you exalt her. What is that saying? When you make it a priority, wisdom will make you a priority. She will lead you to honor and favor when you live your life by her insights. You will be adorned with beauty and grace, and wisdom's glory will wrap itself around you. Listen to this verse of Scripture right here I found. In Ecclesiastes 10, verse 10 says, If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. Listen to this verse right in Ecclesiastes 10, verse 10. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then we must use more strength. I feel like this is where we've been at. We get exhausted when we're using our own strength, our own resources, our own energy. You with me? I found a verse of Scripture in there I was reading out of Corinthians where Paul said that I labored more than all the other apostles. And I'm thinking, what? Man, he, look, at, look at his arrogance. Look at his pride seemingly. He's saying, I've outworked everybody else. I've outworked Apollos. I've outworked all of them. I've outworked all the other apostles. Then he said this. He said, not I and my strength, but the Lord's grace which laboreth in me. There is a rest where the church we can get in according to Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 4. But the Bible says we enter that place through faith. Come on, somebody. Through, through confident faith in the finished work of Jesus, we enter that place of where we are where we're resting from our own labor and God is beginning to labor through us. He begins to labor through us through the divine strategy and what I'm talking about. So the scripture says in Ecclesiastes 10, when the ax is dull, we have to use more force. We have to use more force. We have to expand our energy, which is where I believe we've been at. Maybe this is just for me, but listen to this. But wisdom brings success. What? When wisdom comes on that sharp ax, we don't begin to use our own strength, but we're beginning to use the strength which the Lord is releasing to us through revelation and strategy. That's in business. That's in my home life. That's in everyday thing. I'm not just talking about wisdom to do church, people. I'm talking about wisdom to do everyday life, where to invest your money, where how to raise your kids, to be able to recognize the gifts and the callings and the talents that are on our children that we begin to train them in the way that they should go. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that we should, they should go. Notice it says the way that they should go, not the way you want them to go, not the way you dream them to go, but the way that they should go, what God destined in them before the foundations of the world. Wisdom and revelation recognizes that and begins to put them on that path. 
If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen it, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. Wisdom. Divine strategy. You okay? Let's go to Proverbs chapter 9. Wisdom will extend your life. That's enough to want it right there, ain't it? Wisdom will extend your life, making every year more fruitful than the one before. If you want 2021 to look different than 2020, you're going to have to have what? I'm telling you, we're going to pray this prayer to James chapter 1 for the whole month of December. God, give us wisdom. God, release divine strategy on how to move my family forward. God, I want 2021 to be more productive than what 2020 was. Come on, y'all. Historians believe that over the next decade, the most, the greatest transfer of wealth are happening in the history of the world. I want to be a part of that. Come on, because the Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Are you with me now? Divine wisdom. Look at what he says. Wisdom will extend your life. Making you making every year more fruitful than the one before. Verse 12. So it is your, it is to your advantage to be wise, but to ignore the counsel of wisdom is to invite trouble in your life. We need wisdom. Now listen to this. I'm, I'm fixing to be done and I'm gonna pray a prayer over us. But I was sitting here, I was this morning thinking about the divine strategies. Let me say this. Divine strategies most often time from God look totally ridiculous to the world because we're in an upside-down kingdom. He tells Joshua, listen to this. He tells, he tells the children of Israel that a death angel's coming in tonight. I'm going to wipe out the firstborn of the, of, of, the, of the male child of the Egyptians. You're leaving out of this place. But what I want you to do is I want you to take the blood of a lamb and I want you to put it on the doorpost and the lintels of your house. And then I want you to take a lamb and bring it into your house. And I want you to consume this whole lamb. you got to think when they heard that a death angel was coming, how in the world is the blood of the lamb painted on the doorpost going to save us from a death angel? That seems like unconventional wisdom. But yet it was the wisdom of God. It was a prophetic picture of the Passover. Come on, somebody, that Jesus Christ would be the sacrificial lamb for us, which would protect us. Come on. He was a picture of the ark that Noah built by divine strategy. Noah found, the Bible says he found grace with God. He found favor in the sight of God. And he leaned into the heart of God and he heard from God. And God instructed him, I want you to build a boat. And I want it to be three stories because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I want one door in the, on the side of it. Not a lot of doors, one door. There's one way to heaven. Come on, friend. And that is through the blood of Jesus Christ. He started releasing these divine strategies. If God did it for Noah, and if he did it for Moses, why can't he do it today, friend? He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hebrews 13 and 8. Divine strategy. Divine strategy. Divine strategy. He's the ultimate in insider trading. Of dreams. 
Man, I've been praying a lot about what God visited Pastor Dale, Apostle Dale, about when he told him to rise and begin to study the Edmund Fitzgerald. That's divine strategy from heaven being released. I'm telling you, church, I know that I'm speaking to a slumbering bride in this room this morning, but I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, there will be people in December that will get divine strategies that will begin to run. I'm telling you, God said we've been weird with the footman, but I'm about to cause you to run with the horseman. I'm telling you, I see the wind of God coming upon the sails. I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, I see the wind of God coming in the sails and I'm telling you we're about to run we're about to soar with divine strategy from heaven think about this he tells Elijah he said I want you to call fire down from heaven if you're going to call fire from heaven in the natural, you go look for some good kindle. You get the driest wood you can find, but he tells him, I want you to set up stones. Fire don't come on stone. Fire comes on wood. I want you to set up 12 stones, which is the number of proper government, and it is the number of the apostolic. I want you to set up 12 stones. Not only that, Elijah, I want you to pour water all over. You do not start fire in water. Come on, somebody. But it was a divine strategy from heaven, and when he called on the name of the Lord with the 12 stones, set up with the sacrifice prepared God answered by fire and hit that divine strategy he told Elisha in 2 Kings 6 when they were building the school of the prophets one of the servants had a borrowed axe and his axe head went into the water. He told Elisha, he said, cast the stick upon the water. Friend, in the natural, I've thrown a lot of sticks on the water. They do not cause metal or iron to float. But with the divine strategy of heaven, when God said release a stick on the water, the supernatural power was in the stick to cause the iron to float up to the top of the water. He told Joshua, when they came to the city of Jericho, the Bible says it was a fortified city tightly shut up. No one went in and no one come out. Now imagine if you're in charge, you're pastoring this group of people. You're the pastor and God speaks to you in the secret place and says you're going to take this city just by marching the people around it. You're going to begin to laugh and chuckle. Could you imagine Pastor Joshua having to come out to face his congregation like I'm facing this morning and tell you, listen, just it would be like me telling you to, tomorrow that we're going to march through Adel and God's going to break the back of cancer and it'll no, longer be on the, it'll no longer be on the face of the earth. You would look at me and laugh and scorn. I'm telling you, church, but those are the strategies that we're going to see released from heaven within the next decade. Damon Thompson put it on his CD two years ago in 2018 that we would see cancer eradicated in the next 10 years. I'm telling you, there is a lot of stuff that is going to happen and we must believe. If we don't believe it, you're going to see it with your eyes, but you're not going to taste of it. You remember when the prophet told, uh, the, uh, Elijah said this, he said, how could this be? Elisha, how can this be? 
He said, if God were to open up the windows of heaven, man, we bawling children. We ain't, we ain't about to see it like that. He said, listen, he said, if, if, he said, you shall surely see it, but you shall not taste of it. What did God use to break the back of that? What did God use to break the back of that famine? They were four lepers that was outside the city gate. They said, if we stay here, it was at twilight, which is where we at. Twilight's neither daylight nor dark. It's in between, which is where we're at. We're in between glory to glory. In the hallway, it's glory. We're undecided. We don't know what to do. God, if you don't come through, we're going to sink and die. This is where they're at. They said, if we go into the city, maybe they'll have mercy on us. We're going to die. But nevertheless, we're going to die if we sit right here. The Bible says that they got up and went into the enemy's camp. Am I right, Junior? Tell them I'm preaching the word. They go into the enemy's camp. And as they enter into the enemy's camp, the Bible says that God caused the sound to come on the four lepers' feet to sound like the horses and chariots coming. Don't tell me. I'm talking about a supernatural God on a group of a natural people with the anointing of the Holy Spirit that makes us a supernatural people. God calls these lepers. You know, leprosy eats the limbs. They were dragging. They were they were lame. They were messed up, jacked up. But God caused the devil to hear the sound of a mighty army coming. And God used something that looked like could not be used to stop a famine in the land. This is where we're at. This is why the people of God are praying for this nation. Because many of the cures that we want to see are covered up. Oh, Lord. He said, you're going to take a city. But let me tell you how you're going to take a city. You're going to take this city by getting your people, and I want you to go march around it. You know, after day one, they, they might have been excited. But after day four... He was like, this man's lost his mind. This man is absolutely crazy. But nevertheless, so we look good, we're going to march with him. Come on. What gave Joshua the confidence to take that people out and march every day? Because in Joshua 1, he said, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. He had the history of what he's seen God do through Moses. Come on, y'all. He said, on the seventh day, I want you to march around this seven times. And on the seventh trip, when you get back on the seventh trip, I want you to release a shout. And the Bible says that the people of God circled that city, walked around it seven times, and on the seventh time they shouted and the great wall of that city began to collapse. And the people of God went right on in there. That's divine strategy being released. That's divine strategy being released. Man, if you've read if you read the the, the spiritual intelligence by Chris Valentin, which I've known this because he shared this on podcast several years ago, but in his business he had this he had this problem with, with his businesses or whatever. 
And he was trying to get this software, and they, they, he told them what he was needing to do. And anyhow, they told him how much the price of the software was, and it was totally out of his budget. I mean, it was totally out of reach for him. He couldn't afford it. And so he just began to pray over that thing, and he began to pray over it and began to pray over it. And he has a dream one night, and he sees these things that he was punching in. He was punching in into his computer. And as he began to punch these things into it, these commands into his computer, his computer started running running that program. And so he had the program people come out and he said, there's no way humanly possible that this computer can do this because it don't even have the right stuff to even operate like this. Where did that come from? It come from divine strategy. It came from heaven. How many knows that Ephesians 3.10 says it's by grace we've been saved to display the manifold wisdom of God to the world? You owe the world, you owe your co-workers an encounter. We're in debt to this place. The job is not to come to church. The job is to be the church. Walking in the wisdom of God every day of our life. All right. I'm going to finish up. I want to read this whole chapter right here. In Numbers 21, listen to this. I'm just trying to give you some examples here. In Numbers 21... The people of God are complaining against Moses and God. Come on, y'all. They, they, they talking about the pastor, how sorry he is behind the closed doors of the house. Surely that don't matter, does it? Come on. No, nah, that don't matter. I tell you what, Christians are the most cannibalistic people I've ever met in my life. So listen to this. So they're complaining. Been better off we died in Egypt than get out here in the wilderness. They're looking back, longing back. All of this is going on. And the scripture says that God released fiery serpents and bit them. And it says many of them died. So Moses is the pastor. He's got a pandemic just hit his church. He's got a crowd from God. God, I, want, I need you to heal the people. This is what God said. I want you to create, I want you to build a bronze serpent. Come on, am I in the Word? Numbers 21, I want you to build a bronze serpent. And I want you to put it on a pole. And I want you to hang it up in front of the people. I want you to lift that serpent up on a pole in front of the people. And if the people look at it, they'll be healed. And the Bible says those that were bitten looked at the bronze serpent that he put up on a pole and they were healed. How many knows that's a crazy strategy? Uh, but it's also a prophetic picture of Jesus. Him who knew no sin became sin and was lifted up before the people. Come on, y'all. And if we look on him who knew no sin but became sin, we'll be healed today. Come on now. This is a divine strategy being released. Now, I really want to get into this right here. I'm going to read you this last one because the whole chapter is just that good. So you can't think some of the things you hear said, man, that's crazy. I don't even know about that. That's the importance of having counsel in your life. But I remember reading the stories of, uh, of uh, William Branham. Actually, the people he was receiving counsel from, they said, our, our, after, after his last round of counsel, they said, we perceive this, that you need mental help. <laughs> I had a gentleman over the holidays that's in a denominational church, 
And he said, he said, he asked me a question. He said, I've been waking up in the middle of the night uh, screaming in other languages. I said, do not share that with the leadership of your church. You're going to have to get out of there. <laughs> so what was happening with William Brown? He was having visions. They said, you're crazy. You with me? So which is what drove him to go on a three-day fast or to go fast. He fasted for three days. He just said he was going with a bottle of water. Bottle, you know, not a bottle of wood water. They didn't have a bottle of water back then. You with me? He's in this cave, and he's praying that God would heal his mind if he's crazy. You know, what's going on? That's when the ball of fire entered that, entered that cabin he, where he was at in Jeffersonville, Indiana. And the man steps out of the ball of fire and said, I put a healing anointing upon your life. About four people believe that in this room. But let's go on. All right. Judges chapter 7. Think about this. Did the, did the Mike Tyson fight already happen? Did they fight last night? When is that? It was last night. Did Mike win? It was a draw. Man, come on. That's like kissing your sister. Nobody wins on that. All right. But think about it. Not the Mike today, maybe the Mike when I was a kid. If you know you had to get in the ring with him. Huh? You were scheduled to fight Las Vegas, and you're praying. And God said, hey, I want you to take a slingshot with you. David is fixing to go up against the most fierce fighter of his entire generation. A skilled giant. Kill people for a living. And God tells him to face him with a slingshot. You know that Pastor Saul was standing over there he already, he was, as David was preparing for the battle, he was scratching out his notes from Psalms 23 to preach his funeral. Come on, y'all. I mean, he's, he's scratching out the notes. He's thinking of the phone conversation. I'm fixing to have to text Jesse that I allowed his youngest son to be killed. But whatever God's riding on, that's always the majority. Are you with me now? Whatever God is on, He's on. And it is the most valuable commodity we have, whatever He's saying. When God says step out of a boat on the raging seas, His word will hold you on the water if He tells you to get out of the boat. Come on, y'all. Now, in this, let's look at this in Judges chapter 7. Then... Gideon and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well at Herod. So they camped, so the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of, the, by the hill of Mor Moriah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give to the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim victory, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved them. Now therefore proclaim it in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 
of the people returned and 10,000 remained. Now you got to think about this. Pastor Gideon is fixing to go lead his people into war. He's excited. Come on, y'all. He's excited. He's got a 32,000-member church. He's live streaming. He's podcasting. He's got all the gadgets. Everything is going on. And he preaches one message and 22,000 exit out of his door. See, we read this stuff and just skip over it like it like it really didn't happen, like it's a fairy tale or a fable. No, this is a man about to take his people to war and 22,000 walk off from it. He probably did not go home to dinner that night excited. His wife probably said if you hadn't preached it with those facial expressions, they wouldn't have left. If you would have been more calmer and put it more palatable to the people, maybe they wouldn't have walked off. But he said, if you're afraid, leave now. And 22,000 left him. But you know he probably thought, okay, I still got, got 10,000 people. I'm still strong. I'm still strong. Look at God right here. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Your church is still too big. Look at this. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set him apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink, and the number of those who lap putting their hand to their mouth was 300. But the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink the water. Look at this. Then the Lord said to Gideon, by 300 men whom lapped, I will serve, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go and every man to his place. He went from a 22, I mean, he went from a 32,000 member church to he's down to 300. God said to people that get down, put their face to the water, get rid of them. What happened? They took their eyes off the battlefield. If you and I are going to win in the days ahead, we can't never take our eyes off the Lord. It is our eyes on the Lord. Now looking unto come on somebody, Hebrews 12 now looking unto the author and the finisher of our faith, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us that we may run this race with confidence. Now looking unto, we must keep our eyes on him. Now he's got 300 people. 300 people. He's fixing to go fight an army that has conquered them with 300 people. I can only imagine the pacing. You with me? He had upper room cranked up all the way. Pacing. God, what do you say? Speak now. Look at the graciousness of God. Y'all all right? We fixing to go home. Maybe I should ask this question. Who would rather be at Cracker Barrel? We'd be down to 10, I am. Let's go. <laughs> you ready? 
But 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go everywhere to his place. Look at this. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands and sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. Now the camp of Midian was below them in the valley. Now think about this. You would have thought that he would have had at least some type of assurance if they had swords, spears, bows, and guns, but they had trumpets. Who goes fights a battle with a trumpet and a picture? See, that's why you can't look at every business on your street and just follow the leader down the street. you got to move with divine strategy. You can't take your classroom because, because Uncle Joe's done his classroom like this for 25 years. God's trying to release fresh strategy, church. Come on, somebody. If the church, man, we're never going to feel the commission by operating the way we've always operated. I mean, I appreciate an 8-track, but he's already updated. I appreciate a CD player, but he's updated. You don't even get a vehicle with a CD player in anymore. It's outdated. We got something called Bluetooth. But we got to have the wisdom to work it. When I first came to this church, I remember when I first came here in 2013, I was riding with Pastor Keith one day. He answered the phone in his truck. It's over Bluetooth. And I said, man, I wish I had something like that. He said, you do. He said, sit in your truck too. I said, no, my truck ain't got nothing like that. He said, hit this button and say, pair device. I said in the truck, hit it and said, pair device. And my device was paired. And I had it all the time. I just was not. We got healing all the time, but we're unaware. Provision all the time, but we're unaware. Come on now. We got business contracts all the time, but we're unaware. We're totally unaware of what's available to us as the children of God. I was watching Kenneth Copeland last night. He said, if he says it's mine, I'm going to stand on his mind. I'm going to act like it's mine. I'm going to talk like it's mine. I'm going to speak like it's mine. I'm going to believe like it's mine. I'm going to walk, walk every day like I own it because it's mine. Why? Because he said it's mine. If he says I'm healed, I'm going to act like I'm healed. Come on, somebody. we got to change the language. You're not broke. You're not the tail. The Bible says you're the head and not beneath you. The lender, not but the borrower. We need to speak that kind of language. He says it. He says it's mine. It's mine. Psalms 110, I believe it is, or Psalms 103. Forget not all his benefits. There is a benefit package for being a Christian. I'm not just going to take two of the benefits. I want them all. I want them all. You know what's all, what? What divine favor? He says he hath blessed me. Hath. I'm not crying out for God to bless me. He hath blessed me. I have favor. Come on, somebody. I, have, I don't have to pray for favor. Why? Because favor comes with the blessing. Come on. I don't have to pray for finances. Why? Finances come with the blessing. He hath blessed us. We are a blessed people. You are blessed this morning. Come on, somebody. You are blessed. You have divine wisdom. You got the upper hand on everybody on your job. You have the upper hand in your business. You got the upper hand in your marriage. You got the upper hand in everything you got. Why? Divine wisdom pursues you. Come on. Man, if we get if we get 10 people to believe, just 10. Just 10. Don't need a whole 20. I was listening to a guy preach the other night. 
used to preach to me a lot years ago. One of the things he used to always say is, he said, I didn't come to talk to everybody. I came to talk to somebody. <laughs> I was like, he still got that same line. You know, I didn't come to talk to everybody, but I did come to talk to somebody. I came to tell somebody this morning that a divine strategy is going to be released in your life in the month of December. Now, for those sitting on the lot like a knot on a log out of Walmart in their mind, they're going to see it but not taste of it. But I come to tell not everybody but somebody. I said I didn't come to say everybody, but I said somebody that God is going to release a divine strategy into your life in the month of December that's going to change your life for the next decade. I'm telling you. Now, get in. You got your, your church is done, went downhill. You got 300 people left. 300 people left. And you about to go to war with these 300 people and they ain't even got a sword. They ain't even toting a case pocket knife. Probably while they were asleep, he's pacing the hillside. Look at the graciousness of God right here. Look at this. Because God always brings assurance. Come on, y'all. He always gives you insurance. Listen to this. The Midianites are camped below him in the valley. And it came on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise. Get up, Gideon. You're nervous. You still ain't fully into what I saw you as. God showed up to him in a wine press. He's hunkered down, hiding what little bit of grain he's got. And God shows up and says, You mighty men of valor. Ain't you glad God always sees the finished product when he looks at you? He don't see the broke, limp, maimed child of God. He sees the fully empowered, fully grown, fully matured, finished product when he looks at us. Come on, somebody. He sees the fully forgiven, fully delivered, fully exalted, fully glorified son and daughter of God. And he always calls you who you are. Anytime you hear a voice calling you by another name, that is the accuser of the brethren. That's not your father. Come on, y'all. Get in, you mighty man of valor. <laughs> you must be talking about Pastor Parson. Now I'm talking about you. Is it not you whom's going to save Israel? Now notice what he does. He goes through all the things that he can't do. Look at him. Let's read right here. I got, we, got, we got to go. But if you're afraid... To go, to go down, go down to the camp with Puri, your servant, and you shall hear what they say. Look at this. If you're scared, if you're still scared, go down there and listen to what they say about you. He says, I want you to go down there and hear what your enemy says about you. So he runs down, sticks his ear in the camp, and begins to listen to what they said. Look at this. Now the Midianites and the Amicalites and all the people of the east were lying in the valley, as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore. Y'all, he's about to go to battle against something right here. He's got 300 men with pitchers, lanterns, and a trumpet. And he just came down to a valley to overhear what's going on. And they got camels more than the sand of the sea and got people armed 
soldiers more than locusts. Look at this. And when Gideon had come there, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread. Y'all, you get this right here. Look at this. Are you reading right here? To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. And it came to a tent and struck it, and that it fell over and turned, and the tent collapsed. Then his, com- his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon. Where's the sword? The sword's in the barley loaf. The barley loaf represents the word rolling down into that camp. Come on, somebody. The barley loaf is the word, the divine strategy that's about to wreak havoc on the kingdom of hell. Come on, somebody. This is the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon riding in here. The enemy looked back and said, there's nothing we can do for God. For God, not not his denomination, not his gifting, not his talent, not his worship team, not his great church. But God has delivered us into his hands. And there's nothing we can do about it. That's what Gideon heard about his own self from his enemy. And it gave him confidence to go back and say, boys, let me tell you something I've heard from heaven. And God sent us 300 men. We're going to take these trumpets and we're going to take these pictures. Come on, somebody. Notice the leadership on his life that the 300 men run down into battle and they say the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. He had proven himself amongst those men he was leading. They were fighting for God and fighting for Gideon. And the Bible says at the hand of the Lord, broke out against them. Divine strategy. How many want to have that in the month of December? Raise your hand. Let's stand up. I'm going to pray over you. You know, T.D. Jakes wrote in his book, Soar, it's a big quote, that God doesn't make tables. He makes trees, but he gives man the vision to create tables out of the trees. Think about Young Living, that company of essential oils, and where they're at today just by something that was already on the earth. This is what God's saying in the dream. John, I want to release divine strategy. I want to release a divine strategy amongst your people into your life that will forever change your life. Every person in that dream that invented something like that, their lives were forever changed. You know, Catherine and I were sharing your vision of what you had, like with the whole Revelation Wellness, because she was like this. My vision, she was talking about your vision. You know, we won't share that publicly, but but why not? You know, as we hear, why not? Why not here? Why not now? Well, nothing like that would ever go. They told Jonas, you'll never make it right here without selling alcohol. Looked like to me he's fine the last time I went over there. It all starts with the voice of God. Folks, I'm just telling you, I can't stress to you, listen, what our view of prayer, I don't know what when I say you press in to pray, I'm not, I'm not logging some long hours of communication with God as much as I am listening to the Lord. I'm trying to hear His voice. If you want to see something change, you will begin to invest in wisdom. Well, I'm trying to read, Pastor. Well, you got to quit trying to and start doing it. You don't try to eat, you eat. 
We're not victims. We are victors. Take ownership of where you're at right now. Come on. Take ownership of your health. Take ownership of your finances. Take ownership of your soul and say, I'm not living like this anymore. I will not live another day in depression. You can change it, friend. Get out of your house and start walking. I can't walk far. I'm telling you, if you'll walk a mile a day, depression will be off of your life. Begin to move. Begin to take ownership. Begin to possess what you want to have in the Lord. Press in. Press in. Press in. Do not let 2021 be like 2020. Press in. Begin to invest. What do you want to do? Begin to sow, begin to invest in your life in that. You with me? So, Father, I release it. Right here. In the name of the Lord God. You're grabbing this by faith this morning. You're not waiting on some goosebump to hit you. You're not waiting on some angel to appear to you. You're just receiving this by faith, knowing that this is coming on your life even now. I said even now it is coming upon your life. It is impossible for me to grab this mic and stand up in front of this room and nothing being parted to your life. My gift from heaven and the authority that I have from heaven is activated in this room right now and it is being placed on your life and God will release divine strategy into your life in the, in the month of December. You will have great clarity where you're seeing cloudy, where you're seeing cloudy and you're seeing dark. God says, I will bring it to light in the name of Jesus. I bless your people in the name of Jesus. Give God a great God bless you. Hallelujah. Now, some of you, it, it, may, have, it may happen like this. You may hear the voice of God tell you an author's name. You may hear a book. You know, one of the things that Lou Engle's talking about that he's running with right now, that he was handed a book by William Wilberforce. And he said that, you know, that God, God spoke to him out of that and said that God's going to raise you up to be a William Wilberforce to the abortion in this nation. Y'all, I'm telling you, with all confidence this morning, we will see Roe overturned in this nation. It is impossible... It is impossible to have, a, to have the move of God that we are contending for as long as that stays valid in this nation because we are paying homage to, the, to Baal and the God of Moloch. It is child sacrifice. It is not a woman's rights. Hello. I don't care if that hair lips the, the popular. I don't care what it does. I'm calling you what the Bible says. God says he authors life. He formed you in the mother's womb. Come on, somebody. God says if you shed blood, the blood will be upon your head. Come on now. This is the Bible. We are seeing this take place. And the church is divided. I'm just getting out here a little bit. The church is divided. We got, we got over half the church that is interceding on behalf of the election right now, and half the church is celebrating that the most pro-life president we've ever had in the U.S. history has just been voted out of office. We just had the most pro-life, the most pro-religious freedom president we have ever had in the history of the country. Are you with me now? 
You need to look at the platform that people run on and the policies that are about to try to be put in place in this nation. The, the current administration, if the election doesn't flip, they will put abortion on demand. They will, imp- they will pass the Equality Act. That will be one of the very first thing that passes. It will, be the most, it will be the most wicked administration we have seen in the history of this country. Hello. Now you can get mad or whatever. This don't produce numbers. I'm telling you, I will be held responsible when I stand before heaven of what I preached on the earth. And the reason why we have this going on is because we compromised the gospel. We watered down the gospel and we got men in the, we got boys in the pulpit that have no backbone to stand up for what God is saying. Come on, somebody. Well, one's a Christian and the other's not. One's a devout Catholic and the other's not. I'll show you a video where the head archbishop stood up and said that no one will rejoice over the Biden presidency under my watch. God has called me here to defend this. He said this man is no Catholic at all for the beliefs he has and the policies which he runs on. He don't even know the book of Psalms when he called you and when he wants to say palms. Come on, somebody. We got to pray in this nation. And what I want, I don't care if he's Democrat. I don't care if he's Nazarene, Tangerine, or Republican. I want a man that rules and reigns with the heart of the Lord. Come on, somebody. I'm neither Republican nor Democrat, nor do I believe Washington, D.C. is the answer. I believe like Lou, there is a court above the high court in the land, and that is where the church has failed. We have failed in the high court of prayer and intercession. My God, but I'm telling you, God's going to release divine strategy. So you look. You look where you cast your vote. You do the research on yourself. Well, I understand you're just some religious, just whatever. We're going to get our universities back in this land again. Read your universities. They were founded to teach the Word of God and to train ministers of the gospel. Now they've been overtaken by liberal hacks that want to don't. You don't, you're not, you're not taught how, you're not taught, you're taught what to think, not how to think. We are, we're living in that Judges 2.10, a generation that knows not God because we don't know how to demonstrate Him. Come on. But what I'm trying to preach in this room and what I'm trying to raise up in the South is that we don't come in here with enticing man's words of wisdom, but we come in a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Junior, that we got a people trained how to get them out of wheelchairs. We got a people trained how to cast out devils, how to stand up for what they believe in. When you cower down when the Jehovah Witness comes to your house and you hide behind the curtains, that's because you don't know no apologetics and how to stand toe-to-toe for what you believe. The Bible says we to be ready to give an account of the hope that lies within us. So the prophets begin to declare, I'm just leaving out of here. Just, I'm trying to leave. I'm hungry just like everybody else. But Judges 5 says when that woman judge who was a mother began to take her place, that Israel began to come out of that wickedness. Here's a prayer strategy. You pray that the Spirit of God that's upon Amy Coney Barrett begins to influence the whole courts of the, the whole other justices.
when you have Justice Alito stand up and say, I just want you to understand where we're at. You, you know what I'm saying? Because people don't know. If you just watch the news, all you get, all you just, if all you do is watch the news, all you hear is orange man bad. You don't get the facts. The news is the greatest false prophet in this nation. They are standing on their line every day and know they are lying. They're, they're not here to give you the news. They're here to give you propaganda to keep news suppressed from us. Come on now. This is why we must, as God's people, get a perspective from the Word of God. We must look at the prophets. What is the prophets declaring? What is the prophets declaring? I'm just going on this for a minute. But when Trump was inaugurated, all the witches across the earth held a meeting to curse that man. If you got, if you got witches trying to curse you, why, why were they cursing him? Because they was, he was stopping the agenda that God put in place under the previous administration. And I'm not against skin color, but I am against policies, friend. When we turn the rainbow flag on the White House in this nation, I'm telling you, God have mercy on us. There is still a standard in that word and homosexuality is sin against God man I, I better quit but the reason but the reason why we can't break it is the church has no power I heard a leader say one time don't you preach against it unless you got the power to lay your hands on it and break it off of them but church I'm telling you we got to set a plumb line. We got to be a separated people. Come on, we in the world, but not of it. When you look at my street, you should see a light beaming from 723. Come on, somebody. You should see something happening. I should look different from the neighbors over there. I should act different, think different, look different. Come on, somebody, and talk different. We are a people that God has called to walk in divine revelation, to look and see. So we're praying for this nation. There's a call. There's a number that you can call, and they're praying by the thousands and the millions all over the earth. You say, well, China's not bad. Go, I, I, I challenge you today to get on Google. Find the men that are standing up like I am in China preaching the gospel. They're in the underground church, and they'll take, they'll take your life for the preaching of the gospel in China. That is what is coming upon America if we're not very careful and if we don't turn back to God. Church, I'm telling you, all you got to do is look at the policies. Another thing, here's how you do. All you got to do is look at where the money's going. Did Planned Parenthood give Donald Trump any money? No. They fund millions of dollars to the Democratic Party. Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion provider in this nation. Was founded by a woman named Margaret Sanger. Margaret Sanger. Which said that African Americans are weeds in society. After the abolition or the abolishment of slavery, Margaret Sanger said, if we can't keep them in bondage to slaves, we'll kill their children. And we'll do it through something called abortion. All you got to do is a little bit of study. But nobody calls that out on the news. Why is the abortion clinics in the most impoverished?
impoverished African-American communities. Why don't they put them at the country club? Because that's not their target. And now in New York, in New York City, there's more African-American babies aborted than what are born in the hospital. Church, we got to pray. But God said this through the dreams, and this is what Lou said. The Catholic Church would be one that would stand up against abortion. The white evangelicals would begin to herald it. But then the African-American Latinos would throw that Jezebel down to the ground. And this is what's going to happen. We're fixing to see a massive revival in the African-American Church, in the Latino Church, and a move of God like the earth has never seen. I feel his power. I feel his glory in this room. But we got to pray. Some say, well, you know, you're just some white country. When I graduated high school in 1997, I had the rebel flag on my truck and on my, on, on my class ring. But when God saved me when I was 18 years old, I spent the first five years of my ministry in the poorest projects in our county, and I helped a many one of those children. We helped two of them get out of there. They became, one of them became a lawyer. Come on, somebody. We can't allow the media to say it's about race. We can't divide over color. We got the same blood, and it is the blood of Yeshua running through all of us. So God's going to release strategies on how do we begin to bridge the gap. How do we begin to bridge the gap? Father, I thank you for doing it. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for massive, massive revival on our college campuses. Massive revival. I've often thought, man, I, I was not a believer when I was in school, but what if I could go back? What if I was sitting in a classroom and the professor laughed at my faith for what I have? The first thing I'd do is I'd say, you go get me the most sick, the most lame person you could find on this campus and bring them in here. We'll see the God I serve right here before you. Where's that type of faith? Where's the faith that Elijah, well, the first time we read of Elijah in 1 Kings 17, he goes to Ahab and says, I'm the Elijah the Tishbiting for three and a half years. God says it's not going to rain at the sound of my word. Come on, y'all. I know I'm a little high strung. I'm going to calm down. Let's pray one more time, you okay? Let's pray one more time. We're done. I'm done, I promise. I'm just trying to give you some prayer points. Father, have mercy on me. God, I ask you to have mercy on me. I think like Nehemiah, I think that's an appropriate prayer. He said, have mercy on me, for we have sinned, I have sinned, and my Father's house has sinned. God, have mercy on me. Father, I ask for your mercy over this nation. I ask for your mercy over our nation, over our leaders, over our county leaders, in the name of the Lord God. Father, we pray that your hand would be strong in our nation. Lord, give us people that have your heart, that rule with your heart, that rule with your heart. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Before you leave, we're going to take up the tithes and the offerings, and I want to, we're going to pray over those. Come on, if you will, get your gift in your hand. You okay? You good? How many feel good in your soul? All right. Father, we ask you to bless this offering in the mighty name of the Lord God. I thank you for the blessing of God upon my house. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Come on, if you will, give you a gift. God bless you, friend. Look here, we'll see you Wednesday night on the live stream. Look forward to seeing you here next Sunday. We hope you enjoyed our message of the week. Thanks for joining us. Our passion at Cornerstone is our family atmosphere built on deep relationships. We want to connect with you. Please take a moment and download our app and connect with us on social media to stay updated with all things Cornerstone. We pray you have a wonderful week.